entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Here's Marty Wolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, which is a production of Business Builders Media. You can get all our shows and podcasts from more great podcasters at businessbuildersmedia.com, where we give entrepreneurs and business leaders the tools they need to have their voices heard. That's businessbuildersmedia.com. My special guest with me today is Kelly Hoey. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good, Marty. It's good to hear your voice again. (laughs) Yes. Well, we have done this before. And um, so we haven't chatted in a while. Um, So there's probably a lot of people listening who already know you and know that we have collaborated in the past. But be that as it may, I still feel the need to do a formal introduction. So Kelly Ho is a networking expert and author of Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relations in a Hyper-Connected World. Kelly offers a modern approach to this essential career skill together with practical strategies on how to connect for success in the social media age. Kelly is also a speaker on the topic of networking and career advancement, including networking into leadership roles, the networks both executive and entrepreneurial-minded women need, and deceptively simple ways to maximize networking opportunities without adding more to your calendar. That last part was important. So, Kelly, wow, things have changed recently. This COVID-19 thing uh, seems to have slowed us down, at least in terms of in real life networking. Now, I know, Kelly, you've been doing a lot of virtual uh, presentations, and, and so I know you have a lot of advice or suggestions. So talk to me about Uh, maybe some suggestions or thoughts. Um, Let's talk about first on staying in touch with our existing contacts. I I have another question as a follow-up, but your thoughts on how we stay connected to our existing contacts contacts in our COVID-19 world? Well, and I love this question because of the way you started the description, Marty. I think we need to drop the notion that digital online social network networking is not in real life because it is it's it's how many of us have been communicating and reaching out to our networks for some time uh whether that's a text whether that's a tweet whether that's a facebook update like that's part of in real life and i think you know we used to look at it as secondary because we're still stuck in the paradigm and the notion that if it's not in person, then it's somehow lesser or not as meaningful. But the reality is it can be if we choose to approach these other tools as not a one-way marketing, you know, uh, kind of, you know, I don't want to say blowhorn, but rather saying this is a way for me to understand 
observe and make meaningful outreach with people who I know and people and both people I, you know, like I don't know. So that was, you know, kind of the first thing I'd think about um, is, you know, have you been embracing the social in social platforms or have you looked at it as this kind of substitute for your classified ads in the old paper? Um, or have you looked at it as sort of a way for you just to do advertising and one-way marketing? Or do you look at it as a business owner, as a chance to really engage and show who you are and show your clients and potential clients who you are? Hmm. So I'm going to jump ahead here. I, I did ask this question, but, well, not but. So here's the question. Has the platforms changed because of what you just said? Is there new or different or more powerful ways to connect with people uh, via social? Has any of that changed or do we still connected uh, via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and whatever? Uh, what, what's changed, if anything? Well, I mean, you, you know, you said it with with the L word LinkedIn. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed it's become a little bit more friendly and social. <laughs> You know, yes. <laughs> I, as you know, my past life is as an attorney. And so I always sort of felt I had to, you know, starch my underwear and put on a jacket and grab a briefcase before getting on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> and and now you see people are commenting on other people's posts, which I sort of felt was relatively rare. Uh, and I think you see more people posting. I think you see more people posting helpful information based on the presentations, online workshops, you know, things that they're attending, that they're sharing this information in the sense that it could be interesting for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, I think more people magnifying the voices of others in their network. So I think there's there's that element in terms of exist and, and, and Twitter, I feel, has become less marketing and advertising and again back to more social because this is what we've been left with um, mm -hmm. um with you know having to keep you know six feet and lots of social distancing away but on new platforms i mean there are um new platforms like clubhouse i think its popularity probably in part has exploded um because clubhouse for those who don't know it's um it's all voice. So, mm. you know, hallelujah, no hair, makeup, and video required. <laughs> but for, I would say for half the population, that's a big deal, not having to spend all that time getting yourself zhuzhed up uh, yeah. to do a presentation. Instead, you can schedule these conversations and it's on voice. It's voice. And so you also think about how that. Um, you can see that you can see and feel the popularity of that because now you can move around and engage and you're not again confined you know to the space you're in and then mm. the, you know the other thing i'd say to people in terms of thinking about right now is um we often think in terms of networking and social platforms and social networking we immediately go to the linkedin the twitter facebook instagram tiktok Etc. Etc. But remember that so many other tools we're heavily reliant on now have social layers, and um, a prominent example of that is Peloton, which mm -hmm. uses mm -hmm. hashtags to find communities of interest. 
Mm. So you may find, um, you know, a bunch of other people in your industry or profession who happen to be Peloton fanatics, or you might find your dream, you know, customers all, you know, aggregate there and you're like, great, Mm. now let's go and see if they've used that hashtag on another platform so that we can have, you know, a fuller conversation, but you may identify them because, you know, you're, you know, kind of pedaling away first thing in the morning. Hmm. Okay. Um, boy, we should stop there. That was tremendous value. We can stop right here. You know, no, no, I'm just kidding. Stay, stay on. But stay wait, on there's Kelly. more. This is like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. There is, there's still more. We got to keep going. Okay. In terms of specifically the whole idea of selling and marketing, um, well, the airlines will tell you that things are definitely different in the selling and marketing world because uh, they aren't in planes anymore. Um, so talk to me more about that. What what have you heard? What are you seeing? What are you experiencing? What thoughts that you have for the folks who are involved in selling and marketing, in addition to what you've already shared? Well, I mean, I think about it in this way. I mean, first off, I think for some people in terms of selling and marketing, we're thinking about you know, I want to say physical uh, interactions, like, you know, like an airplane or a retail store. So I think you have to think about experiences mm. um, and and how you um, create experiences that make people want to walk into, um, you know, your, your, invi- you know, your, your physical environment. Um, I think you have to think about ways of spreading goodwill. I mean, the airlines are, you know, a Good example of that when um, this all happened. Um, I remember getting emails from American Airlines, my home away from home before 2020, uh, and they extended status regardless mm-hmm. of 2020. So it extended out to 2022. Um, you know, maybe based on the vaccine, they'll extend it out a little further. But rather than saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, like, rather than sticking to those rules, like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't make, you know, whatever status from flying in this year, therefore you're, you know, back of the bus again, they acknowledged this, you know, crazy time we're in and, and kept the loyalty um, by, you know, that little act of goodwill. Um, better to have, I mean, see, that's a small act to maintain an existing customer than the acquisition cost that you'd have to do to get somebody new. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, you know, thinking about any of your listeners who might have those loyalty and reward programs, how do you maintain that goodwill, even if someone's not actively using, you know, your your product or your service, because they can't physically get in there. And then, you know, the third part on all this, I think about Marnie's, you got to really, this is, this is the time to really get in your customer's shoes. And what's, you know, how do you make their life easier? How do you improve things for them? Um, and some of this, I was thinking about, you know, um, uh, like let's take the retail environment. Um, and we've all just been so dependent on, you know, Amazon and, and, you know, you know, kind of getting things delivered, but I don't know, some of your listeners may be like me, I have a strong desire to, to actually have the interaction in a store. And, you know, maybe it's just because a change of venue, maybe it's because I really don't want to stare at a screen anymore. Um, I want a sort of a more, much more 360 human, ex- um, 
sort of experience in life in this limited way. And so one of the department stores that I love to go to here in New York is the new Nordstrom's. Mm. And part of that is um, when I think about, you know, listeners of the business builder show who might have a physical environment, you know, how are you creating that great kind of customer interaction um, from, um, they, their, their ability to feel safe in your protocols to the layout within your store. The Nordstrom's is, has always been very spacious. Mm. It is a non-cluttered and spacious environment. And that gives you a comfort of going in there and knowing you've got distance. And the fact that I've chosen to go to that department store versus others I like, because I, I, you know, picturing me, even if there's, you know, only a half a dozen or, you know, it feels like only half a dozen people in the, in the physical environment, I want to make sure that I've got space. And so knowing that they've got a layout that's very, I would say spacious and uncluttered, um, sort of just adds to my willingness to go into the store. And then they did another thing. Um, this was all pre-COVID, but it really plays out beautifully now. They do these Nordstrom locals, which are in various neighborhoods in New York City. So I could order online, but I could pick it up like many people pick up in store, but they have these Nordstrom locals. So I can walk a few short blocks from my apartment and pick it up or return an item in a very small storefront. And hmm. and pre-COVID, based on the neighborhoods, the Nordstrom locals would, they might have a shoe shine or a shoe repair. They, they may do um, some customization with um, having a tailor on site. One of the locations was highly popular because it offered a stroller cleaning. I know- wow. I know you don't think of Nordstrom as a stroller cleaner, but they're really hyper aware of who their audience, who their customers are, and more particularly using the kind of using data in the right way of like what's going on in their lives and where are they aggregated. So, you know, the stroller cleaning is not offered every year, everywhere, but certain neighborhoods, they may offer it. So the ability to do that. So when I think about small business owners, it's like, right, like what's going on in your customer's life? Um, how can you make things easy? Um, you know, maybe they're homeschooling, but their kids still have a, a, an after school or weekend activity. Could you offer drop off or exchange of items, you know, at the soccer field or the hockey rink or, you know what I mean? Like think, think yeah. that, that really helps your customer out as opposed to, kind of staying rigidly adhering, like rigid adherence to the way, you know, you operate and the way you, you do business. Hmm. My guest is Kelly Hoey. It's J. Kelly Hoey. And her site is jkellyhoey.co, dot co, jkellyhoey.co or co, however you want to say that. And um, you can get a whole lot of information on her site, learn more about her. Uh, you can hire her, so I would support that. You can learn more about her book. You can hear some podcasts that she has done in the past. Uh, it's a uh, treasure chest of great information. Um, I'm moving off social for a second, and I'm straightforward question. Are handwritten notes still valuable? Oh, heck yes. 
even more so, even more so because we know everyone's at home and they want something to do like a walk to the mailbox might be their might be their outing for the day come on give them a little surprise no i absolutely i think handwritten notes have have been a good solution uh and a good networking tool for some time because um everyone went online and digital and oh let's send an e-card and let's do this and all of a sudden you know getting something with a stamp on it's kind of nice. Oh, it's a nice way to stand out. So absolutely. I actually just sent out a batch of Valentine's cards because yeah. guess what? I could. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've been hearing more about that. And the um, savvy business owners, small business owners have done a, the ones that I'm familiar with have done a really great job of staying in touch with their employees this way. And, and even expanding not only the phone calls, but handwritten notes in a regular in a regular way and and, uh, reg- and and frequently, obviously that has always, well, it hasn't always, it kind of went away, right, Kelly? I mean, it lost some of its luster. Yeah, but it, it, it's it totally, always been important. Oh yeah, it's always important, but it did lose its luster. But I'm thinking, you know, there's some um, retailers who will, you know, they ask when you create an account or something, they'll ask for your birthday and then they'll send you like, you know, an, an e-coupon on your birthday. Well, why not send up? card in the mail. I mean, it's, you know, for the cost of a card and a, and a stamp, like just that would make it so much more, I think right now, um, than, um, you know, another email. Yeah, I, I, I strongly agree with that. Um, I see, and I know that you are what's called a certified virtual presenter. Well, um, Maybe never even thought about that <laughs> a few months ago, <laughs> but you are now a certified virtual presenter. So you're doing a lot of them, correct? Uh, I I am, and that means I've got my lighting right and my Wi-Fi fast enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to t- turn it around. I know you're doing a lot. So give us some feedback or, or, or advice on what makes um, – what should I look for if I'm going to a, a, a cert, to a virtual presentation? What makes a good virtual presentation? What, what as someone who's subscribing to that, should I look for? Is that a, a fair question? Yeah, I think, I think it's a great question uh, because I've done uh, a lot of presentations over the last year. I mean, sort of after the initial kind of shock of 2020 when everything got canceled, um, you know, people just realized, well, we can't just hold off and hope this is going to go away. We have to bring things online. So in many ways, you know, the loss of opportunity in 2020 turned into more opportunity for me uh, to kind of spread the gospel of Kelly and, and what I think about networking and all that kind of stuff. So for people who are thinking about signing up for, I don't care if it's an industry association or a conference, um, you know, kind of check what the check what the engagement is going to be. There are times when I have done presentations in the past year, Marty, where I've recorded a message, like I've recorded my presentation in advance. And, um, you know, then it's sort of feeling like, okay, they get to watch a video. You know, kind of, all right. That's good, but you know, there's there's it's sort of lacking that audience engagement. There's times where um, a group has asked me to record my presentation in, in advance, but then be available immediately after the presentation for an online sort of e- texting 
kind of um, format for Q and A. Mm-hmm. You know, so at least then there's like, you, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking really about the person seeking the information, like, can they actually get answers as, you know, cause you know, if they want to watch a video of me, sometimes I think, well, you can go to YouTube for that. There's lots of videos there, <laughs> you know, like if you just, or if you're going to just listen to my words because it's been recorded in the past, well, you can listen to my podcast interviews with you or anybody else and you can just hear my voice. But it seems to me if it's online and it's a live experience, then it should have that human interaction. And then, you know, for for other things where I'm thinking, you know, where people might think they need to spend time with um, the community in which they're doing business, um, like you think like a chamber of commerce or trade association, you know, go and sit in on one of those presentations and not because you're going to be watching the presenter, but see how the organization and the membership engages. And let me give you an example to, so that it really kind of brings us you know, kind of to life for people. So one of the uh, organizations I used to attend in person and wrote about in my book um, is Creative Mornings, a global community for those who are or work in or work with the creative community. And Creative Mornings, as Tina Roth Eisenberg, the founder, describes it, is an is an engine of generosity. And they just mm. it was never one of those events you went to. Do you you were thinking to yourself, oh God, is anyone going to talk to me? What am I going to say? What's my icebreaker? Because they welcomed you and they made introductions and people always just kind of reached out. You sat down and someone said, Hey, how are you? Like there was no, it's just sort of the ethos of the group. That dynamic transferred online and they do their events now globally on zoom and no one in the community waits for permission they use the chat function they say hello they introduce themselves they say because uh creative mornings is chapter based by city around the globe so they have very much of a habit of saying hey like hey i'm kelly i'm you know in new york city and then, you know, people will see this and they'll be like, oh, right, I'm in San Diego too. Hey, you know, like they, they use the chat function as if they were all standing around getting coffee before the presentation in Creative Mornings. And so I really think about that as like, okay, for someone who's now going to devote some of their, you know, precious eyeball time, you know, in, a, in days and work days that let's all acknowledge have only gotten longer because we're all working from home. Um, funny, you know, no one's, no one's respecting commute time anymore. So I think, mm-hmm. I think Pew saw that the average workday has now gone from seven to eight hours to like yeah. 11 or 12 hours. So, you know, if you're going to give up some of that, um, precious personal time, that's already been encroached on, you know, kind of watch and make sure in that online presentation, that online programming that, you know, the meetings that are done by a group or organization, make sure that has meaning and interaction and humanity in it. Otherwise, you know, wait for the replay. It it looks like uh, the words uh, pre-qualify jumped into my brain uh, as you're speaking. So if you're interested in something, do the research on the group, on the people, how have they done something in the past? Is this something that you want to participate in? It's all about engagement, uh, is it not? Kelly, I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? 
Right, right. And and I think one of those things we can all admit, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of kind of rose-colored glasses on people saying, oh, I can't wait to go to conferences again. You know, there was so much networking serendipity. And I was like, really? Really? Or you just, you, you're just putting on the rose-colored conference glasses. I think it's really right now incumbent upon the organizers to facilitate and be that kind of networking lubricant to engage people. Um, and I, you know, I would have said that in the past, right? Um, years ago, I went to a hundred women in hedge funds um, event and they made sure any new person was never left alone standing. They, they made introductions. They passed people like, Hey, Oh, Kelly's new here. You should meet. You know, if, if that person I met needed to go off and do something else, they made sure that they introduced me to somebody else. So I wasn't just left there standing awkwardly on my own. So I, I really feel it's incumbent on organizers as opposed to placing the burden on an attendee um, to somehow navigate the group, particularly now that it's online. Yeah. So my guest has been Jay Kelly Hoey. Her site is jkellyhoey.co. And you can, again, as I mentioned earlier, find all about Kelly. You can hire her. You can buy her book, which, again, the title of the, the, that book is Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyper-Connected World. There is no better book on networking than that one. And I have been in the networking world for some time. Kelly, as you know, we steal your ideas liberally, mostly with your permission. <laughs> when, when we talk about networking. So spread so, the gospel, you know, having disciples spreading the Kelly gospel works for me, Marty. I love it. We, we have been doing that, as you know. So we're going to, to wrap up. But uh, I always like to ask, as you know, is that what, what didn't we talk about that we should have? Or what would you like to add uh, to, close, to close up the conversation? Oh, Boy, I, you know, I would just say to people, you know, even though in the social world, we're, we're looking how we can engage. One of the best ways you can engage is watching and listening, observing. So, you know, even, even this time when we're alone uh, or relatively alone, use your eyes and ears as much, as much, or maybe more than you use your mouth. There you go. Jay Kelly Hoey, joeykellyhoey.co. Uh, go there, learn more. Kelly, thank you so much again for being part of the Business Builder Show. Always a pleasure, Marty. Let's not leave it another year before we have a conversation. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Find all our shows and many other great podcasts at businessbuildersmedia.com. That's businessbuildersmedia.com. 